Hey everyone, it is Papa Scotch here, doing a solo mini-sode again. This is mini-sode number three. Uh, we're going to get into the topic, but first I wanted to go over the last game that we just uh, we just released, which was Hotline Miami. Now, uh, this game was a real pleasant surprise for me. I didn't think I would like it nearly as much as I actually did. In fact, when Chump Slap told us that we were going to be, that was his pick, that was his game of the week, uh, scientists and I just kind of looked at each other like, dude, really? Like, there's a story there? Because I was passingly familiar with it. Like, when number two came out, there was a lot of hype. Because so I remember th- uh, the first Hotline Miami, the game we went over, it was out for a while, for a couple of years on PC and on other platforms before it ever came to PlayStation. Now, full disclosure, Dr. Scientist, myself, and Chump Slap mostly do PlayStation, but uh, I believe Chump Slap does a little bit of PC here and there. But for the most part, we're all PlayStation, so we're not super aware of what's happening on other formats all the time. Uh, Switch we get, like, Switch we kind of, you know, are aware of. I have one of those, and I know uh, Dr. Scientist is into the handhelds, so he gets into those a little bit. But for the most part, it's PlayStation. But anyway, I remember when it came out on PC, vaguely... People liked it. There's a lot of memes and stuff going around. A lot of really cool backgrounds. The washed out 80s aesthetic was really popping. That neon and the violent. It was pretty great. But I played it a little bit when it came out for the Vita. And I remembered it being very difficult. And I don't remember there being much of a story because there was no actual spoken dialogue. It was all text. You had bubbles and stuff that you read the text. And that was people speaking and that was it. And when Chump Slap told us we were going to do it, I didn't remember much about it. I didn't remember anything about it. I just remembered it being super hard and I gave up. So it was really nice to dive deeper into this game and go into more detail on what the story is about. And I said I gave it a high score in the review. I really liked it. I liked the fact that video games and it's a visual medium. It's a, Actually, it's more of an interactive medium, I'd say. But it's very visual, obviously. And... The best type of story is to use the medium to its most creative. And I guess this is such a big topic to get into, but I believe that video games, they're not movies. They're a different medium. It's a different form of interaction. Movies are very passive. Video games are very interactive. Some games like The Last of Us and, you know, there's going to be a whole mini song in The Last of Us too. Don't worry about this. We're getting into it. I'm just like halfway through it. Well, whatever. We'll get into that. But I like the idea in Hot... The whole point I'm getting to is I like the idea in Hotline Miami where there'd be visual cues about stuff happening in the story, time passing, stuff developing, but there's no real reference to it. The best, the best example of that in the game is the fact that uh, the woman that... The girl, I don't know if she's trafficked or... Well, she was in a bad place in the club, in the Hotline Miami scene, and at one point you feel bad for your character, so you pick her up, you put her in your car, you take her home. At first, it's kind of implied that she's a captive, sort of. She's just stuck in the one spot, not moving. Eventually, she moves around the house. Later in the game, the house starts looking better. You had a bedroom with two separate beds. Eventually, they get pushed together, so there's kind of something going on here. The apartment's way cleaner. There's moments, like uh, levels and sections, where she's just gone. And then she comes back later. So obviously your character jacket trusts her enough to leave the house and come back. And, you know, she goes around with free will. So she's not a captive. But it's heavily implied that you have something going with her. And that's great. 
But I love how all of that story, that whole side story, this whole character happened just visually in between stuff when levels started. I thought that was really cool. I also loved the, I guess, the psychological aspect of it where Jacket is an extremely, extremely unreliable narrator. You don't know what's going on in that guy's head. He starts seeing basically corpses and dead people speaking with him. He walks by. There's a one scene in the convenience store where he's walking in to say hi to Beard or whatever you do in those convenience stores. And outside, there's just five dudes beating the shit out of someone, and then they beat him to death, and you come back out later, and the person's just dead, and you just ignore it. Like, Which is strange, because in the first mission, when you're tasked to get the briefcase, you kill a bunch of people. A homeless person sees you do it. It's like, hey, what are you doing? So you kill him, and then your character jacket just vomits. Maybe in terror from all the violence he's seeing. I don't know. But final thought, I thought Hotline Miami was really good. It was better than I thought it would be. It was a good visual good visual story. The gameplay, I haven't, I haven't played it that much. I tried to kick it up on Vita, but again, it's really hard, and I just haven't put in time to it. Because, you know, I'm a real person with a job, and I don't have time to do this sh- every game I want to play. But uh, speaking of... I wanted to get into today's topic a little bit. I'm just going to talk about it for like, I don't know, 15 minutes or whatever. But the idea of subscription-based games. Now, I don't mean World of Warcraft where you actually pay a subscription to play the one single game. That's not what I'm talking about. I There's probably a better name for these types of games. But stuff like Destiny, uh, Destiny 2, the division, these games that have like year rollouts, year one, year two, Call of Duty does it with seasons, Fortnite does it with seasons as well, but they continually add more content, more multiplayer stuff, more raids, more whatever as time goes on, and basically, uh, my best experience, I played Destiny, I played Destiny 2, I played Destiny 1 a lot when I first moved away because... It was a great way to reconnect with people back home because everyone was playing it. And that was a lot of fun going through those raids and doing all that. But when Destiny 2 came out, I was like, this is the exact same game. I'm not replaying the same five raids over and over again until I finally get one gun I want. Fucking, what was that rocket launcher's name? That was so annoying. Whatever. It does. It really, really does not matter. And I spent so much time in that game. Uh, same thing with The Division 2. I played... The Division 1 and 2, I played the shit out of both of those. But eventually, uh, you you could go back to listen to episodes of the podcast where I explain my journey of playing The Division 2 to get one goddamn gun, which was a D50, Desert Eagle, just so I could break it down so I could create the special edition Desert Eagle. It's not special edition, the special weapon or whatever. Then break that down so I had the special weapon component just so I could upgrade my Chatterbox, which is the one I actually wanted to upgrade. And that grinding took like a month and a half to the point where I got so fucking bored with it. I just like would sign in every day, go through my collect, like a little run around the White House in Division 2 and then look for my shit and then give up. But yeah, it was, this was before they started like putting out in the map where loot actually was or where it had a propensity to drop. Like now there's sections of the map that have like, I don't know, a holster on it. And if you keep farming and killing enemies in that section, then eventually a holster or a nice holster will drop. But but this is before that. 
these games, they exist to basically create something, a world where you, that you just keep playing. And they're intended to be in like a one, two, maybe even three year cycle. And I don't know if that's the path forward for games. I mean, there are people who, you know, buy their consoles or PCs or whatever, and they just play The Division or they just play Destiny. And that's all they do. Maybe they fuck around with something else here or there. But for the most part, that's what they do. And they put, you know, weeks upon weeks of time into it. And they love it. And you know what? That's great. That's awesome. I'm glad that community exists and they found their people. That's awesome. But, I mean, me, as I get older, I just, I don't want to do that. I don't want to sink seven weeks of in-game time into something to fully get everything out of it. You know what I mean? Sometimes I just want to go play an indie game for eight hours. 10 total hours do everything possibly in that indie game and be like oh it was a cool neat little experience and you know sometimes i want the red dead redemption 2 type game where i play this 20 30 40 hour story and in between i can go screw around and do whatever i want until i'm ready to go back into the story or accidentally stumble back into the story who knows i mean it's all those open world games you can spend so much time doing a whole bunch of different shit and uh Anyway, subscription-based games, I don't know if this is really a great idea because if you're a game company and you make one of these, first of all, there's no guarantee it's going to hit. I mean, look at Anthem. Like, that that overpromised. It wildly underperformed. It got to a point where the game was at least fun or playable. I mean, the concept of the game is great. It's like everyone's their own Iron Man with guns. That sounds awesome. Like, I seeing the tech demos, I was like, this sounds cool. You just, like fly to a section and then you're in the open world map and now you're in the mission it seems great but then i got into the game and the thing that really turned me off with anthem i this is kind of getting a sidetrack but the thing that really turned me off is the weapons all felt they were all generic it was like designated marksman rifle pistol assault rifle shotgun like the standard stock video game list of guns and then none of them had any weight they felt like throwing BBs at stuff. Like, if you play Battlefield and you feel the gun hit, you feel the weight, you feel the sway of it, the, it's just a completely different, much better experience. And Anthem just felt light and hollow. And then I guess it never got better. But the point is, that one didn't hit. That one over-promised, underproduced. People went away. They went to other stuff. And that game f- completely fell apart. They say they're still doing a... Uh, complete overhaul for next year but we'll see i don't know why they don't just they lost man you lost ea you own don't you own titanfall go make something with that that game was great (laughs) that's just a side note but uh the other thing which this kind of rolls into is you have these games like destiny and the division there's plenty of other ones these are the only ones i played so that's what i'm mentioning but these two three-year life cycles before the next sequel comes out I think it's kind of a cool way to keep you interested while you wait for the sequel. But at the same time, I don't have that much time to put into it. I said that. And there's also a side note from those. There's games that are like Fortnite or PUBG that are free to play. And what these developers will do is they'll unleash new stuff periodically. Fortnite has their fucking dances and their skins and God knows what else. I don't don't play Fortnite. Got nothing against it. If you do, great. That's awesome. I just don't, so I don't know what's going on over there, but it's pretty popular, so good for them. And uh, those are free-to-play 
and they do like seasons. So they hype them up. They're like, ooh, season four is coming out now. Here are the changes, blah, blah, blah. And they create that hype and people who had played Fortnite and maybe aren't playing it nearly as much are now back, which is really cool. And then you have maybe new people who are like, well, you know, I didn't like it, but I hadn't really played it at all since season two. And uh, anyway, the point is it creates that hype cycle. It creates the marketing, everything that gets people excited for the new release. You bring in that new user base again. So my question, I guess, is why doesn't... I'm picking on EA, sorry. But EA, why doesn't it happen for the sports games, the sports sims? I mean... Maybe the future is in a monthly subscription for those. Maybe not. Maybe it's, I don't know. I They're still doing the same yearly release sports business model. And I guess it's profitable because they're doing fucking great. They also do the microtransaction thing in pretty much all of them. FIFA is huge. FIFA and Madden have the microtransactions for their hut and foot and mutt mode or whatever it is the ultimate team modes and they they're making ridiculous stupid fucking amounts of money they're not going to stop doing that mode until uh probably someone makes them because it's gambling it is gambling you pay real money to get packs of cards you open the packs and they have players in them and then you can use those players to kind of put together your fantasy team you can then use that fantasy team to play against other real people's teams. It's a great idea, and it's a lot of fun. I haven't done Mutt. I haven't really done Futt at all, but I did do the hockey version in NHL games the last couple years, Hut. And, hey, I'm as guilty as anyone. I spent a lot of money on those microtransactions. I made a pretty dope team. But I find, like, two years ago I maxed out. Last year I got into I didn't get into it much last year. I only played it for, like, a month. But before that I was playing NHL, you know, from the time it came out in September until probably around April, and I had to walk away. Like, I, I was just signing in every 24 hours or whatever it was for a free pack, and that's it. And then getting my free pack, seeing if anything cool happened, and then just leaving. It was... I don't know why. I don't know why I did that. I don't have a good answer for you. But it seems as if this sports season would be such a great way to regenerate hype for a game every year, and then... You know, maybe every six months a graphical update comes in or, I don't know, a new game mode every year or something. Something happens where instead of having a single curated package to release every single year around the same time, they just make a subscription. Maybe it's, I don't know what a good price point is. I don't know if it'll work. They're kind of messing with it a little bit with the EA early access pass or whatever it's called where you can get games like a week earlier than everybody else and you can be able to play them if you subscribe to that. Uh, You get other exclusive content early. I don't mess around with that much because I really only play the NHL one. And never like a couple years I'll play Madden or FIFA if it really sparks my mind. Just because those games are fun. They're fun. I'm I'm not saying they're not. I just think that it, it it all comes down to money in reality. But at what point is it going to be more profitable to just ride this microtransaction wave and just release annual updates? I mean, the games are already doing roster updates for online play literally throughout the entire season. 
So every week or two weeks or three weeks, it depends on the sport and which one it is. But like baseball would be every week or whatever. Hockey is usually every two or three weeks because there are fewer there are fewer transactions, especially during the season. But even if you play NHL, like for me, you get you play NHL, you get it sometime mid early to mid September, usually the fourteenth ish around there. The actual season doesn't start until October, so you have best guess rosters from like July, whenever they put their EA freeze or whatever. And then as soon as you get there, the first day you download the updated rosters to whatever training camp looks like it might be. They kind of guess at that point. And then once you, you get a big update, once the season starts, but why can't you just do that? Why can't we just pay a subscription to play the game? I mean, we're pretty much as sad as I am to say it, especially for Madden or NHL, we're pretty much done with couch co-op for those. I mean, especially if you're playing if you're playing Madden against someone, it's fun to be there in the person, or FIFA, it's fun to be there in person. But NHL is just weird because you can lock the view to go up or down, and usually I go up, and then if I have to switch, it's weird and different. It's not the end of the world. It's just it is what it is. And when you play online, you're always going the same direction. So I haven't played NHL where I went down towards the bottom of the screen on offense in years because I didn't have to. It's weird. I didn't even think of that till now. Whatever. But it seems like stuff like that. And the other example, another format that seems like it would be a good fit would be like Call of Duty, which they're selling every single year as a brand new game. And the hype cycle goes through and everyone plays it until the next year's game comes out. Then most people migrate and you still have however many people that didn't update yet or maybe just really love a certain version of Fallout and then they'll come play it. I mean, I don't even know at this point what Fallout servers or not Fallout. What am I talking about? what Call of Duty servers are up or which ones are down or maybe Modern Warfare. I don't know. I have no idea I because I don't really care. But they have the single-player experience usually in the multiplayer. They did Black Ops 4, which was just multiplayer. There was no single-player in the entire game. Why can't you make that like, I don't know, just make it 30 bucks and have a shitload of microtransactions? Obviously, it's a smaller price point. Will you push more units? I mean, if you came out day one and said, all right, Call of Duty, we're moving to something different. You could sign up to a subscription for multiplayer for, I don't know, I'm just four bucks a month, which takes you to 48 throughout the year, or you can buy it right now for 35 and you get it for a whole year. Would people do it? Would people want to keep signing up for individual game subscriptions, even if the price was attractive? I mean, every once in a while, I'll pick up a Call of Duty game and I'll play. Th- I'm one of the weirdos that loves the campaign. I'll, I might dabble in multiplayer and play a couple games, but for the most part, I play those games for the campaign. And if the campaign wasn't there like Black Ops 4, I straight up didn't buy it. And then I went back, I think, what was after that? Was it World War II? Maybe? Or was that before? I don't even know. I remember playing the last one, Modern Warfare, and not being impressed. I'm still probably going to buy the next one just because of the campaign. And if they remove the campaign and go single player, then I'm done with it. Like, I just don't, I'm, I don't want to spend 60 bucks or 50, 40, 30, whatever, just to, just to play multiplayer. I won't do it. I just have too many other things I want to do. Too many other games out there. Not enough time. So, so where, where do we end up? Where do, what is the future? Is the future more subscription-based games where people can really just dive into an ecosystem or is the future just what it is now with big events and titles and annual releases and updated rosters? I don't know. 
I don't know, but I feel like the video game industry is still figuring it out. Obviously, they're going to strategize. They're going to see what their numbers are. They're going to see what it costs to make a game, and they're going to go with whatever solution they believe maximizes their profit because, you know, they're a fucking business. That's how it works. There's no real incentive for them to really change it up, I guess. Like, maybe if they took... Maybe even take NHL, one of your... It's not one of the big EA sports games, but it's up there. It's got a it's got a pretty good user base. Maybe make that subscription. Maybe say for online play and hut and mutt non-franchise stuff, then pay $5 a month and you can have just that or whatever. I don't know. It's up to them. They're probably not going to do it because they're too good where they are until people... Be, uh, they're not going to change until people stop buying the games and people aren't going to stop buying the games because like I said, they're fun. They're fun to play. Uh, I used to go to my local video game store. There was like four or five summers in there from like, I don't know, I'm fucking dating myself, but probably from like 05 to 09 where I would show up every day for Madden release and buy it every single time. One, I remember one of those years I showed up release day with my pre-order slip, bought it, Went back home, and I don't think I even opened it for like three or four days. Which, that's a, that was the year after that I stopped doing it, but whatever. So, um, what do you guys think? Do you think that more games are going to move towards subscription? Do you think they should? Do you think they shouldn't? What are your thoughts and feelings on games that uh, basically roll you out and hope that you keep playing and grinding for new weapons and gear and other bullshit like that for multiple years? Uh you know, hit us up, send us an email at plottytime at gmail.com. Jump Slap will definitely read it and it'll definitely respond. Or you can go to us to the socials at Plotty Time on Instagram and Twitter, or you can head over to our YouTube channel. Please go to the YouTube channel. Watch some of those. I hope you're watching this. Watch. You're not really watching. You're just listening to us. Well, the logo passes, but hey, it's fun. Send us your questions, whatever. Just send us some uh, stuff. Let us know you're out there. Uh, if you have any questions for myself or Chump Slap or Dr. Scientist, feel free to send those as well. We'll love to read them. Maybe we'll do a Minnesota where we do a Q&A section. Who knows? Uh, future's endless. So let us know what you think, and I will talk to you guys next time. Later. Later.